0: welcome to another episode of the fashion grunge podcast i am your host lauren hi lauren i'm charles (laughs) hey charles what's up (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: i'm not much lauren how are you (laughs) i'm good are you ready to talk about reservoir dogs today (laughs) coats my goats (laughs)
0: why are we so cheery for a movie that's like utterly (laughs) crazy disturbing and apparently 15 people walked out of in a screening because the violence was too much in Including Wes Craven, of all people. (laughs) I know! Who's,
1: like, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and he also did, like, The Last House on on the left, which is, like, probably the most, like, gory, violent movie, like, in the last, like, 30 years or I know!
0: I think it's the realism that probably freaked him out. It's pretty (laughs) realistic. Like, this totally could happen, and this kind of seems, like something that may or may not have happened in a dream of Quentin Tarantino's because <laughs> that's what it feels like it feels like yeah. a fucking dream like a weird dream yeah um, but cool so yeah it was fun to talk
1: about true true r- romance a couple weeks ago just because that was kind of like half Tarantino half someone else but yeah this movie is like full on tarantino Full on from the beginning yeah yeah
0: (laughs) and literally how else could you describe the very first tarantino film but having quentin tarantino be the voice you hear for the first like 10 minutes (laughs) like literally before it even shows him you're like okay quentin's just talking now (laughs) like this is literally what we're gonna do like this is his only part really in the film but like This is, you know, okay, this is him. It's conversational. We're gonna (laughs) sit for 20 minutes and listen to this conversation, but it's really funny.
1: Yeah. It's so
0: cool. Also, another note, I hadn't I own this on DVD, but I don't watch it often because it's just kind of like I don't know. I always think of it differently than when I just recently have finished watching it, which I really enjoy it now that I've Mm -hmm. I'm older and I probably haven't seen it in like eight years or something like that so now that i know more tarantino although not everything because i saw it's on amazon prime at the time that we're recording this if you want to watch it but at the time i was um watching it on amazon like it was like oh watch next i have not seen inglorious bastards which is also on there i've heard that's good so i think i might watch that tonight um but yeah so i was really excited to do this i was like oh man like it's so cool i I really enjoy Tarantino now that I'm older and like watch a lot more films. At first I was kind of like, whatever, yeah. but now I, re- I really like it. So I'm, I'm stoked. We got to revisit it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I like tried to watch Tarantino when I was a lot younger and I was just like, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's um, just, it's um, the, the more I'm, um, the, the, more, the more I'm getting older, the more I'm just starting to enjoy stuff like more and more. Yeah. And, um, like um, I kind of had a, I think when I first started watching his movies, I had a similar m- movie or it's a similar reaction that, that, that um, I do to w- watching w- Wes Anderson movies when I'm, I'm just like, <sighs> all right
0: (laughs) yeah that's the first time i saw pulp fiction i was kind of i think it was like i was trying to impress this guy at college and he was like oh uh, i have this like dvd of pulp fiction we should watch and i was like okay and he was definitely like someone who was like a film major and i was like god i was like all right yeah cool i get it like it's super violent it's super like fucking cool like I, i feel like it was one of those like try hard film student Mm -hmm. like always was obsessed with tarantino because it was like he did things on a low scale and and kind of like had this new thing it was like the new scorsese he's like yeah scorsese for like the younger set you know so he has like his own thing going on and i was just like whatever and now i'm just like that's cool yeah (laughs) i would totally (laughs) want to work on like i want to be in death proof like if there is a sequel or it ends up turning into a tv show like that would be an amazing hbo show they should make a death proof tv show with those three women. I know, I know. And like various things that they get into, like just <laughs> <is> so crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah, so it's um, really fun. Oh yeah, so there are like three um, sort of like story storytelling devices that this movie uses that I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of, and one of them is that it like, I, I guess minus the flashbacks, it more or less takes place in like the same location, like throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie, um, and um, and then um, I um again um and then i think it also kind of is supposed to take place like real time too um it is pretty short you can tell that
0: they're not like when they're in that warehouse like yeah the time is moving i think with them like we're moving with them you don't see like a dramatic shift in time
1: yeah like um i think i read an interview that quentin tarantino said that um like the warehouse scenes are supposed to take place over the course of like an hour. So, wow. Um, yeah. Um, and then I also love the fact that just about everyone dies. Um, yeah. I was going
0: to say it like that when they have that like standoff where yeah. they all have their guns pointed and it's like, boom. I'm like, shit, there's like one person alive now
1: yeah yeah
0: it's so crazy and and not to be like even more now that i am even older i have this other point where i wrote like most of the cast minus the dad uh, could get it
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like
0: who shot me definitely michael madsen love him and thumb on louise which we mm. saw him before tim roth totally
1: uh-huh. um uh, harvey can yeah, all right whatever I'm, um, I'm 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 am I'm not so much attracted to him physically, but like I'm like attracted his personality. To his person. Yeah, like Yeah.
0: Then, uh, Same with Quentin Tarantino, Lord knows. Yeah, yeah. Like I just think he'd be a little nutty, but um I love Steve Buscemi. I just I just yeah. love that he's in like the craziest movies. Like, isn't he in like Biodome?
1: Oh, is he? I don't know. Isn't um, he in
0: Biodome with like Brendan Fraser and like Steven Baldwin? Oh
1: i I have no idea.
0: Oh, he's an Airheads. That's what it is. He's an okay. Airheads, I think, which also is Brendan Fraser. That's why I'm mixing them up. He's not in Biodome. Biodome. Wait, was Pauly Shore in Biodome?
1: Yeah, it was Polly Shore. Polly Shore and
0: the... Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Um we should do oh yeah, we have to do a Bolly Shore movie. Um yeah, we, we should do Son in Law Okay, after Tarantino, yeah, because I, I was gonna do Pulp Fiction, but <laughs> we should do Son-in-law and then we'll pick up like Pulp Fiction like okay. down, down the road. We should do Son in Law. We're gonna do Cruel Intentions with Mikey um like in a few days. So that, that will be one of our next ones. I'm so excited to talk about cruel intentions. Yeah, I am too. I'm <laughs> like too. so excited. Um but yeah, oh it's so crazy too that this movie is like I don't. Yeah, I just love. I love all their characters. My. Who's your favorite out of everyone? If you had to pick, um, like, like character wise, like their character.
1: Like, I, I think the person you who know, I like personality wise, I'm probably most like is, like, probably like Mr. Pink. I guess. Yeah, I, I was gonna say Mr. Pink's my favorite. <laughs> um. I mean, I think that in reality, I'd probably and and end up like Tim Broth and, sh- and be shod and like spending time movie b- b- like bleeding out
0: but you know <laughs> screaming like screaming <laughs> like god this blood freaks me out ah! And even, even best to know that when you're watching it at first you're like damn this must have been some crazy shootout and then when you get further on you realize it was like this old woman <laughs> who like
1: had a gun when they
0: were like trying to carjack her and then she just shoots she shoots him with the gun he's like fuck like and you're like that's what happened <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> that, it was like cops or something we're like riddling them with bullets and they're running away and it's like this dramatic thing i also love that that tarantino did not show the heist
1: yeah that was cool
0: which is cool too because obviously the the biggest part of the heist film is like the planning and the actual heist yeah you know so it's cool that like he got around it because it was more about the aftermath and then how they got there yeah. So
1: it was—it was pretty um, cool. I like that. Well, also, like, um, I want like, um, just, um, just seeing like m- m- Mr. Pink kind of like do an impression of Mr. Blonde, like shooting people, like kind of just seems a-, a lot more a sl- lot more terrifying than like, <laughs> I know. seeing it, you know, like on the screen as it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Like, so.
0: I know because you're just like, damn, this guy's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. Like it just yeah,
0: it's so nuts. It also kind of reads like the fact that it's all in the warehouse also reads like almost like a play.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, it exactly
0: could take place in the theater, almost like how I feel about Dial for Murder, because mm-hmm. that one's like all in that apartment, and you could just see that this could easily be a play because all you, except for the flashbacks. But let's say you just had it as the ware, like as the entire warehouse, yeah. not including any flashbacks. Like that could be an entire play where you just pick up at the aftermath of of some kind of heist, and you just see what happens, but you never see what, you know, what came before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, um, also sort of remind me of rear window two. Like, oh um, yeah. Like, you know, like, um, I don't know, like just, um, just, 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 just like in the, you know, Fact that we don't really ever leave Jimmy Stewart's apartment, but mm-hmm. you know, like we kind of do at the same time. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's cool. He also used this non-linear story, which is—is yeah. is that something that was done before this film?
1: Um, it
0: I, has to have been done before,
1: right? I'm sure, I'm sure it's been done before. Um, I I can't like think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't either. Not old. Um, All stuff that's been after, but like it's um it's um it's uh, cool because it's not it's a non-linear storyline, but it's not like too confusing. Like I'm yeah, that's true. It, like pr- pretty easily. So
0: it's not like Donnie Darko, when you're just like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though like that's another movie from the 2000s that I, I want to do, but I, I feel like every time I watch it, I'm like, I think I get it, and then I'm like, what? Or there's a movie called Brick, which is really good. That was like Ryan Johnson's first film. Um, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it's also really good. It's like a weird story like that. But see, all of this comes after Tarantino's style of being this like nonlinear story. So yeah, he definitely inspires a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of filmmakers, totally, which is funny. Also, I have a, a thing to point out that there's no female character in this entire film, which no. I find re- really interesting because he does know how to write women pretty well. Oh yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, I so I guess the first time he really worked with writing a woman is I guess True Romance mm-hmm. because like obviously British had And did you catch that when he mentions Alabama? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, isn't that cool? Because we didn't know about that until we read <laughs> the behind the scenes for True Romance. But that's cool how they were like, what happened with Alabama? And he's like, oh, you know, like I think like Mr. White. It's like yeah, we were like doing some jobs here and there, but you know now she's with this other guy and they're pulling jobs. And I was like, oh Alabama, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> So it was pretty rad. And then yeah. I said, "This is definitely the shortest film I'm sure he's ever made." Yes, because <laughs> usually <laughs> it shits like two hours plus.
1: Yeah. Um. Like, how long was um Once Upon a Time? Dude, was, that was like two and a half hours. It was, it was really it was, long. It was like close to three, I think.
0: It ha- yeah, it has to be. It's like he's almost like Scorsese now, where he's like, "Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm literally like that. Okay, granted, like I have an issue with. Some Scorsese films that are just way too long and need to be edited. Most of his are good. Like Wolf of Wall Street was great. Mm -hmm. And I loved it from beginning to end all three hours of it. Yeah, me too. Same with Goodfellas. Loved Goodfellas. Um, Okay, The Irishman. It was like three hours and 25 minutes. That needed editing. Yeah. There's no way that should have been that long. I just, I was pretty underwhelmed by that film too. Because I'd waited so long to see it. And I was like, oh sweet, De Niro, Pacino. Fuck yeah. First time since Heat, I guess. Yeah. And and then I was like, oh, really? Like I just didn't like the story. It didn't like work well for me. Yeah. Anyway, but uh but yeah, I got it. I mean, it was cool, but I got it, but I was kind of like, man, I was kind of expecting more, but I mean, yeah, his stuff is usually like 2 hours or 3 hours. Yeah. Um yeah. Tarantino. I don't know how long Pulp Fiction is. How long is that? I think it's like it's up there.
1: It's like 2 hours plus, I think. Like,
0: yeah, uh, so this is like an hour and forty minutes. Oh, it's two hours and fifty-eight minutes. Pulp Fiction. Oh, uh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Sweet. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this is definitely, I think, one of his shorter ones, but I think it's it's super cool. Yeah. Do you what behind the scenes notes did you dig up? We talked about the walkout. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> in our little intro there.
1: Um. Okay. So apparently the um. So apparently a lot of the actors use their own clothes during. Oh, that's because, cool. um, just um, because the budget was so s- small. Um, most importantly, um, har- har- uh, har- Harvey Keitel used his own suit, and um, okay. and uh, Chris Penn used his own track suit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. <laughs> um, and then, um, and so then apparently Tim Roth um, was drunk when he auditioned for the the role um but, and he's playing the cop yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> funny um and um because I, I think that Tarantino had asked him to read for it and he was like i don't want to but can i take you out for drinks and you know, he was like sure and then um apparently after a c- couple drinks and he was a little loosey-goosey he like started reading and quentin was like you got it <laughs> oh nice um Okay, so these are um, a bunch of people who were considered but were not cast. Oh, yes. Okay, I love Um, them. Okay, um, so in the role of Mr. Pink, um, alternative versions include Dennis Hopper. Okay, um, I can see that. John Cryer. I could not see that. (laughs) Yeah, same. um, And uh, Tom Sizemore. Yes, um, because Michael Madsen
0: and Tom Sizemore are like kind of sort of the same person, but then not yeah, at the yeah. same time.
1: <laughs> and um, also, kind of
0: Tom Arnold. They all like I get them all mixed up. All those yeah. three guys
1: <laughs> very like similar. And um, and then um, apparently Matt Dillon was considered for the role of M- Mr. Blonde. Um, oh,
0: oh, instead of Michael Madsen? Yes, he would have been um, cool. He,
1: yeah, um, I mean, um, I mean, I um, I kinda, kinda, kind of think they got the casting
0: yeah they did yeah um, I don't know well, if I talked about this on another episode, but I finally watched Wild Things uh, from 1998 with Matt Dillon, Kevin Bacon, Denise Richards, and Nev Campbell. Oh. What a piece of... It <laughs> was literally like porn acting. I was like, really? this is a joke. Yeah. And like Kevin Bacon produced it. I was like, I can't. <laughs> the threesome scene that everyone was so hot and bothered about was so weird. And Denise Richards, I mean
1: um oh, i saw the i like this so like, saw so, so this really like 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 skating clip where i think she was at like an mtv like function or like red carpet function and there was this child who was sort of playing the role of a reporter and he like went up to her and he um i forget what, what movie she, she was in but he was just like so how does it feel to play someone smart oh my god and like i i i think the question just like completely went over her head (laughs) really like she
0: didn't she was just like oh uh (laughs) god that movie was crazy and so crazy that i don't think i could do an entire episode on it but yeah (laughs) yeah i'd never seen it because it was such a like big it's kind of like known as a really bad movie like it's not like anybody thought it was great but i was like i wonder how bad it really is and i was like oh it's
1: bad (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> but I watched it. Um, oh, so also in um, so I can find out what parts they tried tried out for, but James Woods and David Duchovny also like read for or auditioned at s- some point. James Woods. I mean, I now he's such a weirdo. I mean, I really want to like him, but now he's like his, like one of those you know like, yeah brain dead you know like zombies. So you know.
0: <sighs> yeah, anyway. he kind of sucks. He reminds yeah. me he, now that I know, now that I see him on like Twitter and saying all this crazy shit, he makes more and more sense as the dad and the virgin suicides. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like, this kind of seems like you, like, just really fucking weird. Like, I just yeah, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Wait, David Duchovny was he doing X Files at the
1: time? Um, I I think this might have been before. I think X Files
0: was '93.
1: Oh, shit. Could you
0: imagine if he'd done Reservoir Dogs
1: and then got cast in X-Files? Well, he didn't do Reservoir Dogs, but he did get Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's (laughs) Dead.
0: Oh, and he also did California with Brad Pitt and Juliette Lewis. That's another one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's true. And he also was in Californication, which is actually really good. I like that show. Um, Damn, that's crazy. Now, was Quentin Tarantino always going to play Mr. Brown,
1: you think? Probably um i believe um no well i think that um i think from what i read he was originally supposed to play the role of mr pink but i think that's quentin was yes oh wow um but i think that um steve buscemi just like had such an awesome audition that there's like all right fine you got it
0: oh sweet (laughs) yeah and mr blue's like barely in it i think mr blue's like in the beginning
1: yeah yeah um we still
0: don't know how he was killed right
1: No, I don't think so. Yeah, Um,
0: we didn't. And we didn't see what happened to Mr. Brown. Like, we saw him shot, but we didn't see, like, how. I guess the cops probably shot him. Was
1: he okay yeah because like his destiny was a little confusing to me um
0: yeah he was like coming out of the he was like running out of i guess the jewelry shop and like running into the green car right and then like as he was driving and then he crashed he like made a turn but he didn't make it and then crashed and it looked like he was like bleeding from like the gut or something he had a and then he would kind of slow it up and that's when he like he stayed in the car like he never got out yeah okay i don't think yeah and then, yeah, that's when Mr. White just, like, fucking, like, just shot, like, those cops in that car. Yeah. That and, like, awesome. Mr. Orange just like, <laughs> fuck. Like, what <laughs> the fuck? I was like, oh, my God. I think that's after, um, I was like, I think that's after we, like, knew, like, or, man, I think it's after we knew that, like, he was a cop, for
1: yeah. sure. But, yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah, keep going. <laughs> um... Okay, um, so this is, I thought this was a fascinating tidbit and just kind of gross at at the same time, but um, apparently Tim Roth spent um, so much time lying in fake blood during filming that he became sealed to the floor. Ew! (laughs) So they had to, like, kind of, like, they had to kind of, like, unstick him so he could like you leave <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> fucking shit he um, was in like the weirdest position
0: like the entire film he's just like on the floor like he's literally, yeah. like slumped <laughs> on the ground in the corner like when other people are just talking
1: yeah or he's just like sleeping <laughs> and, slash passed out. and it's weird because he's not he's like lying down but he's still kind of like propped up at like mm-hmm. sudden, it's just
0: yeah like, it's like it's, it's a weird slumped over
1: it's so yeah. strange. <laughs> it's like so so strange Um, so yeah, I think that's all I have for behind this. this
0: Okay, nice. All right. Um, so Quentin Tarantino, this is what I have. Quentin Tarantino was working at a video store and was going to shoot this for $30,000 on a 16 millimeter. And he was doing something like he sent the script to like an acting class who, or acting school who someone showed it to Kaitel. Kaitel said, I'll help you produce it and find some money then like raise some money the producer was going to play i think the policeman who was like uh or no i think this guy that he knew who was going to produce it um originally was going to play like the policeman and, and harvey Keitel was like no no no, we can like this is a really cool story we can like get some money and we can like do this you know yeah so Keitel helped produce it which is really cool so this would have been like a way lower scale you know whole thing so that's pretty awesome
1: that just kind of makes me love him even more. I know
0: that's why I love Harvey. Yeah, Harvey Keitel is so cool. I really yeah. like him. Um, so the budget was one point two. I think they have till three million on Wikipedia, but I don't know. But it was I think like one and a half is okay. about like I think what it was. But it made two point eight million in North America because it didn't okay. open. It premiered at Sundance in ninety two, and it was like the most talked about film. Yeah. And Then Miramax picked it up, and it came out I think in October of 92 and it was out for like a few screens and then it got released a little bit bigger but it was more of like a cult like this is considered a really classic independent cult film really started like this film was one of the ones that kind of jump-started indie film in the 90s Mm. like it's a really important film as you know the whole spectrum of cinema goes uh so yeah just a lot of new like you know, unknown director, and then I saw an interview with Tim Roth and Steve Buscemi from like ten months ago when they were on um, James Corden, I think it was, and he was like, "Oh, I got to ask you, like, how was Reservoir Dogs? Like, how was Quentin? And then, you know, how was it working with him?" And Steve Buscemi was like, "It was so cool." He's like, "I never met a director that was like so confident for his first like movie. Like, he knew exactly, He never done it before, but he knew exactly what to do, and he was just like." he just knew and we just all worked with him and he was, it was awesome. He's like, cool, oh, super cool yeah. And he's like, you know, I'm glad that this was one of those films that people saw because sometimes you do these small movies and nobody sees them. Yeah. So he's like, I'm glad that, you know, this was really cool. And when Tim uh, Roth was talking about like, they were like, Oh, when did you first meet? And like, Oh, we went to Harvey's house, like Harvey Keitel to like read the script and all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> So yeah, I definitely think. uh, Yeah, my next my next section is fashion. The only things I have are now that I know that it was most of their clothes, which I that's so cool. Yeah, (laughs) like I was gonna say, I like that they had like suits for the job, which is cool. Um, so that they're all dressed alike, and there was no like, you know, like you couldn't really pick anyone out. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Like the Blues Brothers. Yeah. And then I, I love the, the clothes they had on when they all got their names. Yeah. And they were cool. meaning like, yeah. And they had kind of different wardrobes. Uh, Like Quentin Tarantino had like a floral, like a lounge wear, like a 70s type like floral shirt
1: on. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, um, so I, um. so like, I think Mr. Pink was also kind of wearing a like cool kind of Hawaiian shirt. Uh-huh. at the same time and yeah. um, it just made, made me wonder does everyone own a hawaiian shirt but me because like i know because i feel like i want to announce to the world that i'm fun and frisky you know <laughs> you also
0: want to be prepared in case someone in your office is like let's have hawaiian shirt day and i know be the asshole <laughs> who doesn't have one <laughs> of course everyone's like yeah sure hawaiian shirt sure. like like, no, I think if you're Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad, you <laughs> definitely have a Hawaiian shirt at home. But yeah. I definitely don't think the average male just has a Hawaiian shirt.
1: I mean, I also don't live in California. So maybe that's Even part California, of Even
0: California, no. You also don't live in Florida and aren't like 80 plus. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would Like, why would you have multiple Hawaiian shirts? Unless it was a costume.
1: Yeah. You were like on
0: Gilligan's Island. Didn't, like, Gilligan have... No, he didn't have a, a Hawaiian shirt. Didn't someone have a Hawaiian shirt on, like, Gilligan's Island? Uh, seems, seems like they would. I don't remember. Maybe not. No, they actually didn't. Oh, no. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, no. The, I love that they... But I love that they all have this kind of, like, 70s loungewear vibe anyway. Yeah. Which is uh, super cool. I like. I thought it was super neat. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they have... um well, that's one of my favorite scenes is like when they all get their names, like yeah. the colors, like which we'll get to. But um, I just have for production design, I just love that warehouse Yeah. in general. I just think it's really cool. It looks like it's in like East Hollywood in L.A. somewhere. So I don't know exactly where. And I love the shooting style, like within the 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 uh, what do you call it? The warehouse, like how the camera pans around. Like He has some cool kind of like tricks and stuff. Yeah, I think that he uses it. It looks really different. From all the different angles.
1: Yeah. Like, it looks well, like a totally different place. Well, a lot of those shots are, like, really long. like um, Yeah, and, they are. Um, like, I think before Mr. Blonde shows up with Mr. Pink and Mr. Whiter just kind of ha- having a spat. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 it's all done in, like, a single take. Yeah, and it like, has to be. Yeah. Um, and, like, um, I don't know. It's just uh, cool. And then there's, like, one more, like, tr- tracking shot that I thought was really cool. Like um, during the torture scene when Mr. Blonde leaves and like walks out to his car and gets the gasoline and yeah. walks back in. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, the scene's horrifying, but that was a, a cool shot.
0: <laughs> so another cool shot is when Mr. Blonde is like torturing the cop mm-hmm. and he's like cutting his ear off or he's like slashing him something, and the camera pans up to like part, like a blank part in the wall yeah and and you can still hear him torturing him and then you think it's gonna like fade out and then it pans back down to like his head
1: yeah yeah
0: what i thought it was cool because it was like all one single shot which i thought was cool and then it kind of came <laughs> back and then you you know saw what he was doing and everything but yeah no he, he definitely has some like cool tricks i do like that one too where they follow him out to the car and then yeah. he also has that i guess that was a nod to scorsese when they show that trunk shot because that's how uh, goodfellas opens up okay um I want to do Goodfellas too because I just I love Goodfellas, but I need to watch Casino too. It's another one I haven't seen. Oh, okay. I love, I love Sharon it. Stone. Um,
1: so. well, that I like reverse that. that like reverse trunk shot, I think that appears in like most of Tarantino's movies at some point.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it does, right?
1: Um, yeah. Um cool. But yeah, it um it's sort sort of a r- reminds me of, like a Breaking Bad shot too. You know, like, yeah, it does. Um, but yeah.
0: Breaking Bad has so much cool shit in it, too. Oh, I know. They have really cool, like I was going to say, like, and now on the music, it's like a 70s soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it has that radio station, which is cool. Yeah. Where it
1: kind of does that. <laughs> yeah. I liked uh, that Stephen Wright was the DJ. I Who know. is that? I, why do I know that name? But I, I can't place his face. I think he's like a f- kind of pretty famous stand up com- comedian. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. But I think he always just sort of like, Speaks in like a very Eeyore. Oh, I know him. Oh, that's his name. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) No, I know him. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I know him. Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, also a nod to, have you seen Swingers? Yes hey you know how when they hey there's a one part in swingers and they talk about like their favorite film directors they bring up tarantino they bring up scorsese and they do like the whole nod to the beginning of reservoir dogs where they're like all sitting at the diner and they have the camera like going in the circular pan as they're all talking just like the beginning of of Reservoir Dogs and they all talk about like who has the dopest shots and they all they're like Reservoir Dogs Reservoir Dogs and they're like man they're like Tarantino ripped everything from Scorsese and they're like that slow motion tracking shot and then they show all of the guys in Swingers doing the same slow motion tracking shot that they do in Reservoir Dogs like it's really funny I, I love Swingers too it's like one of my favorite movies but um yeah so that was really cool that they have that <laughs> like they're like super inspired by. I think it's Doug Lyman who directed uh swingers but yeah it was really funny that they're like tarantino tarantino like these film geeks yeah
1: that was weird too. <laughs> and
0: also in um, scream 2 when mickey did it and he has the camera and they're like mickey the freaky tarantino film student <laughs> <laughs> like because every film guy like just loves tarantino it seems so yeah. i find that I find that super funny um i like stuck in the middle stuck in the middle with you i just like that it's during when he's like torturing that cop yeah <laughs> it's super fucked up um that song fool for love the one in orange's apartment who is that is that marianne faithful
1: um i wrote it down it's um written, sung by sandy rogers oh okay um but it yeah
0: sounded like the song in and louise yeah 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 That's who I, that's why i thought it was the same woman and then um, can't stop this feeling that ooga, Chaka ooga, ooga. I love that song. Oh yeah. Ah,
1: that was really funny. Yeah. So I, I I heard that like um they spent most of their music budget on just securing the rights for the um for the stuck in the middle with you song just that one like not like not all of it but i think that like they i think i think they um like i heard that like when quentin tarantino writes he like has certain songs like in in the screenplay that he's like um writes each scene to Um, oh like
0: and it has to be that song
1: yeah yeah so um so i think this might be one of those cases where like they're like all right you can have the song but you can't do anything else
0: (laughs) yeah damn it's so nuts that's cool and that's you to take a chance on like an unknown filmmaker
1: yeah yeah. you know because some
0: people might be like no we can't have like rolling stones like it's just gonna cost you much for the movie and they're like no it has to be like that's what i wrote the scene to yeah yeah it (laughs) totally has to be That's, that's cool did you have any standout songs um, not, not
1: really. Um, I, I, it wasn't um, that
0: much even in in terms of score, like no. if they weren't in a car or he had turned on the radio, like the music was coming from like an organic place. Yeah. They weren't coming from like, just like a track, like over, it was like, he had the radio on. That's why we were hearing that song. It was other ones were in the car. So like, that's why we were hearing that song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like the same in, um, Mr. Orange's apartment.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he went and turned it off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting that he, that means it's part of the story, you know? Like, it actually, like, they hear it, which is kind of cool. Like, they hear yeah. it as, as well as we hear it, which is neat. Um, so let's move on to your favorite scenes and, like, standouts. What are some of the things that you really liked about this? Um,
1: what your first favorite scene? I'm, I'm trying to think. I think we talked about most of them already. Um, I um, love the scene that you. Were brought up and they all kind of meet together for the first time. Oh like, my God. I love that scene. And like Joe, like assigns everyone a name and then they're like, well, I don't want to be pink. And there's like, you're Mr. Pink. And there's was like, but well." Can I trade? And he's like, no.
0: <laughs> he's like, this
1: ain't a goddamn city council meeting. <laughs> We're not trading.
0: And he's like, what well, can I be purple? Can I? he's like, because someone else in another job is Mister Purple.
1: You're Mister Pink. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like I was like, oh my god. I was like, um, That's so funny. And then um, I'm I'm trying to think. um, it's not so much that I like the torture scene, but I like Michael Matson in in the torture scene. He's so hot. Like, I mean, I, he I don't know, he just he just looks so like he's having so much fun. And if you just kind of ignore the fact that he's mutilating a a, a police officer, then he seems like he'd be a fun person to go t- to a b- bar with, you know? Like, <laughs> he definitely
0: um, is like ride or die for. Uh miss uh was it uh louise yeah yeah Uh, or is it Thelma? no it's Um, louise yeah it's louise yeah he's like ride or die for louise so he kind of like comes through in that uh i do yeah i do like mr blonde and i love that when you kind of think that they're all really shitty and then chris penn is like so you're gonna tell me that he took off with the the diamonds even though like he did time for my dad and like all this bullshit he's like you're fucking lying i was like oh god yeah. It's like this is crazy that he actually used some type of logic to like figure that out. I know. So I thought it was really crazy. Um I my one of my favorites is like the beginning round table. Um, the swingers' nods, the waitress economics of tipping. <laughs> yeah. Of like why we should why like Steve Buscemi's like, no, I'm not gonna tip. I'm like only because the society like you know directs me to and they're all like but they don't work these are the <laughs> jobs that they have there's nothing else they can do they rely on tips and he's just like i just love the whole like back and forth of this it has almost like a woody allen sense yeah it like conversation where you're like it's honestly a real conversation how you know usually in scripts things get let go you know they talk about one thing and then it just moves on to the next but like this is like what you would talk about with your friend at a diner like yeah. you would be talking about the same subject for like a good 10 minutes. Cause that's what you're talking about, you know? So I really I like how he writes conversations. You could really tell that he like his writing style, like even from the beginning, that he's gonna like really like you need to be a great actor, I think, to work with Tarantino. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean I'm I'm assuming he's pretty script based. Mm -hmm. I think Scorsese is a bit looser from what I've read that like, if you ad lib, I don't think he has a problem with it. I don't know about Tarantino. Like is every word written? I don't know. And like every line and every bit of conversation. I know that I've heard Francis McDormand say that um, the Coen brothers is like word for word like rhythm for rhythm she's like it's like a she wasn't talking about like all the different films she'd been in and she was like that scene in the bar where i'm talking to those two strippers in uh fargo Mm -hmm. she's like that was written in the exact beats that we played it like they they write it so specifically that it's like literature you know right so she's like so that's why i wonder is tarantino more like you have to say every single word. Cause he's such a writer, you know, he writes so much. Yeah. So I just wonder if like you really need to say everything or if he's more, you know, off script. Like I think Woody Allen is a little bit off script too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's another one that I have no idea how that works.
1: Yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Um, I don't know. Um. But um. yeah, it's, huh. That's interesting
0: yeah he just seems like i yeah i can never like imagine him not being um (laughs) i love that mr pink is like a psychopath just ain't professional and his whole thing is like we're supposed to be professionals here (laughs) why are you guys fighting and acting so fucking crazy like it's just so nuts i also love the the image of like when you see mr blonde show back up at the warehouse because they're like wondering where he is and he has like this soda yeah, and I think right. like Mr. White's like, oh, did you finish the fries? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I ate them in the car. <laughs> I and was I was like, oh, <laughs>
1: was like, oh, of course he'd stop and get food.
0: <laughs> I know, right? I was like, I was like, hot damn! And he had that sweet car. Yeah, but yeah, I love so, how you just want to know everything.
1: Oh, so um, apparently that that was like his own car. What? It was yeah, Michael Madsen's own car. Yeah. Shut up. He just gets cooler by the second. Yeah. I hope there's I'm not gonna regret that. I hope there's not some crazy story about him. <laughs> um, oh, um I um there is it, like a brief shot where um the I also loved when Mr. Blonde is in the background. I think it's after Chris Penn sh- shows up and he's just kind of like, sitting on top of that car in the w- warehouse and, and and just kind of like chimes in and he's just like, yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that was a an old mortuary oh, and that okay. was a hearse that they were sitting on. Oh, that he was sitting on. Yeah. That's cool. Which is so funny. <laughs> Wasn't he in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Who? Uh Michael Madsen. I
1: oh was he? I don't remember. He's in like almost every Tarantino movie. He was, um he was in Kill Bill and um hateful eight okay
0: delman louise donnie brasco i don't think that was Um, that wasn't
1: tarantino oh um i think probably his most important role was when he um played the lead role in the movie species um oh i haven't seen that it's 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 pretty good
0: (laughs) <laughs> is that the one with Sigourney Weaver? No, that's Aliens.
1: No, that I think that's the one with Natasha Hinseridge.
0: Is it good or is it like kinda whack? It's um I mean Uh-oh. I I like it. <laughs> it's Is it like campy? Um I mean Or is it, it like a serious, like fucking it, crazy shit?
1: It's like played very seriously, but it it's Oh, no. okay. But yeah, yeah, it's um yeah, it's good. Um Was that before uh, Reservoir Dogs? I think this is after. Oh, okay. Um,
0: wow. But yeah, He was also in The Doors, which I want to do too. Okay. Oh, yeah, 95, The Species. Who directed that? Roger Donaldson. Okay. I Okay, uh, this just sounds weird. A group of scientists try to track down and trap a killer alien, seductress, before she successfully mates with a human. Get the fuck out of here. And of course it's <laughs> Natasha Henstridge.
1: I mean, I will say that it wasn't, just pure porn. They made an effort to try and include plot. <laughs> Michelle Williams was in this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she was the young version
0: of Natasha Henstridge. Yeah. What? Oh, goodness. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound like that serious. <laughs> but I get it. I got that mixed up with Aliens, which I have not seen. Okay. Still I mean, have not seen Aliens. Well,
1: Aliens is like a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that Ridley Scott? Yeah. 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 Okay.
0: I figured. Um... Let's see. Do you have any other scenes?
1: I don't think so. Um, I think we covered most of them. This this movie is strange because it all kind of felt like it was like all like one long scene at times. Yeah,
0: it did. Except so, for like the slices of of uh, flashback.
1: Yeah, like I mean, like there aren't like a lot of like transitions or like things to like break up the like story. It just feels like it's like one lo- long like you know.
0: It moves fast. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when you're watching it, you're just like. I don't know. I just that's one thing about his films is that I just find them so interesting to like to watch. Like they really keep you engaged, and even his writing too. Like I think after this was Natural Born Killers. Okay. Uh, Like his writing, anyway. Or I mean, I guess he did Pulp Fiction, but then I guess Natural Born Killers came out after. But it's like it's just all of his writing just has you like so interested. Yeah, I feel like it's just I never find a dull moment. It's kind of like Scorsese is the same way. Like I just, I never get that bored. Yeah. There's always like some crazy shit happening and the violence was out of control. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like (laughs) it was so out of control. I was like, Oh my God. And, And I love that. They're just these little like weird things that happen that are just so funny where they're like, where that woman is the one that shot the cop. <laughs> yeah. Like I just like, it's just funny. You naturally assume something crazy happened. And then you find out it's this fucking woman who's just like, who's just like shoots the fucking cop. Like, because they're trying to carjack her. And that Harvey Keitel is kind of like the most ridiculous, badass one. Aside from Madsen, they're like the two scary ones. Cause he like shot those cops in that car. Yeah. When yeah. like rock was right behind him and he looked like, Holy fuck. Like, he literally just killed a bunch of cops and didn't care. Like he just kept going. He was like, come on, come on, keep going, which was so crazy and nuts. I also love the telling of the commode story. Oh yeah. (laughs) I just love how it went through all these different ways and, and they had to like, he had to run it. Like, and I love the guy who was the, the cop that he was telling everything to. Uh, mr orange and he was telling him like here's your script you got to memorize this and he's like if you got to be undercover you got to be like a fucking great actor you got to be like marlon brando like they have to believe you you know and he's like all right and he's like but you know make up some shit on your own but like keep to the story so then it's cool how you see them like gain his you know gain the trust by just telling this like ridiculous story about a drug deal and like these four cops and a german shepherd you're just like what like this is so crazy. And then they just all like and I love that of course that's what made him like not a hundred percent. And I love the guy, was it Lawrence Tierney?
1: Yeah, he was great.
0: He's he so good. I love him in this really funny Seinfeld episode because he's Elaine's dad. Oh, okay. In and he's, like, this almost this same exact character. And he is, like, very gruff and, like, mean and, like, talks down to Jerry and George. <laughs> like, they're <laughs> idiots. Like, it's really funny and kind of, like, yells at his daughter, like, why are you friends with such idiots? Like, they're so stupid. But he's really funny in that role. And I love that he's in this and he's, like, him and Chris Penn are, like, yeah. father and son. And Chris Penn is just, like, I. it's so sad about Chris Penn, like, he was such a funny actor. Like, oh, I, mean, I know. He did yeah. really, really cool stuff. I was watching Murder by Numbers the other day and I was like, oh, Chris Penn. <laughs>
1: um, um, another great film, Murder by Numbers. I, um, so he was playing this in this uh, Christian Slater movie called Mobsters. What's that? Uh, I think it's like, I don't know. I think it's sort of about like a Christian Slater, because a young guy who starts to work for the mob, um,
0: he does a lot of these like, Wait, he's not like undercover, he's like actually
1: working for the mob. I think so, yeah. Um, I want to see
0: that movie that you showed me. What was it, pause or No Cuffs?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want, we need to do a deep dive into Christian Slater. We have to do Pump Up the Volume, um, Heather's for sure, oh my God, Heather. even though that's 80s, but definitely Heather's, um, um and
1: <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> Gleaming the Cube, Gleaming the Cube, yeah. And he had a
0: lot, he was working. Um, in like the 90s he was like yeah. a little luke perry
1: i know i know
0: Oh, also yeah. luke perry makes a little cameo in fifth element oh he does yeah you gotta watch it charles has not seen fifth element so i was just talking to him about it off air so yeah go check it out and listen to the episode but yeah check it out it's cool um, and bruce willis could also get it in that film we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> i was like it, it just i was like oh yeah bruce willis isn't bad
1: Oh, um, also, um, I just thought this was kind of endearing. Uh, Chris Penn was also in the movie. To Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Jujuy, <laughs> Newmar.
0: Oh, my God, I know. how That movie, like, couldn't be made today. I know. <laughs> I don't think. We should do Adventures of Priscilla. That's a far, if you had to pick uh, which one to watch, it's a far better, like, I guess, more realistic oh. option.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so um, but, cool.
0: uh, yeah, it's so good, and I guess it was kind of like, did they make that in response to, like, an American?
1: So, that's... Person? But not really, though. So, that's sort of what I always assume. But I think the official story is that, no, it was just a coincidence.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. <'Cause>, because <laughs> two Wong Fu came out, like, way after. Yeah, I think... Uh, isn't Yeah, it wasn't, like, 93?
1: Was I, I think Priscilla was in 94, and then two Wong Fu came out the following year.
0: Oh, okay, um, yeah. And they probably saw how, like, like you know, popular it was. Because they won the Oscar...
1: Yeah, for like yeah. costume, right? <laughs> yeah, um, and I w- w- love how the um c- costume d- d- designer for Priscilla was wearing a dress that was made out of like all like American gold like like ex- ex- express cards.
0: Oh my um, God, what she won!
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Oh wow, I have to look this up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 it, 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 it's it's really cool. And oh then, my God! Um, no way. And then like um, I also heard that like ap- um, apparently like um they like their budget like on priscilla for costumes was like so small that like they like really had to like you know kind of like be like thrifty and like find stuff in order to make it like look good but like wow. apparently on on under underneath like those costumes were a mess and like i think that the costume designer had a mother who worked at like a kmart or, or something and was able to get them a discount i think they're a official budget was only like five thousand dollars
0: oh my god yeah wow like- yeah because that one dress is made out of like sandals yeah like punched <laughs> together like flip-flops but like a whole bunch like a whole lot of pairs
1: yeah like yeah. just
0: punched together oh that's so cool i know i know <laughs> Oh, wow, that's awesome. They did, like, such an amazing job. But, yeah, it's crazy how you think, like, costumes are such – especially if you're doing a really specific film. Like, I wonder what the – cost well, the costumes for Pulp Fiction, I don't think, were that crazy. But, like, when you do something, period, like, I'm going to watch Inglourious Basterds. Like, when you have to do something that takes place in, like, World War II, everything has to be outfitted. (laughs) Like, everything. You know, even the extras in the back. So it's like – or they have to wear clothes, like, similar – two or something
1: it's kind of nuts i was like oh my god yeah it's it's kind of weird to think that movies that now take place during the 80s are considered like period pieces because I guess uh, two.
0: so we <laughs> the 90s and someone <laughs> tweeted this morning i saw on twitter and it was like now 1960 is uh in 1990 and 1960 um, like when we saw in the 90s we thought the 60s was 30 years ago now that's the 90s now oh, because that's 30 <laughs> years from where we are now I was like fucking shut up oh, god
1: they're right too
0: <laughs> I know I was like ew we're just as far away from the 60s as we were in the 90s that we are right now from the 90s yeah. <laughs> I was like oh god that's well, so
1: crazy enjoy your youth you generation Z trash like <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, now I think, isn't there, is there going to be like a pandemic generation or a lot of like babies that are probably going to be born within the next like two or three years? Yeah. So I wonder if they're going to be like, they're going to be born after this like weird pandemic that we had that they're going to have to like hear about. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, God, Mom, no one wants to talk about this time you wore masks <laughs> like in, like, 20 years. You all these kids, like, yeah, and- seeing all these weird things, like, about what was
1: happening then. Yeah, and, like, you know, like, when we we're, like, six, so you we're going to be going to a restaurant and, like, you know, kind of hiding, you know, like, you know, like, going to the bathroom and, like, slipping You know, like toilet paper into our bags just in case, you know.
0: (laughs) I know. we never want to be caught like we were that time in twenty (laughs) twenty. Shit was crazy and you couldn't find like like any Clorox wipes or like any like nothing, like everything was closed down. Like it was fucking crazy, man. I
1: don't
0: even know. It's just such an it's just such a nut. I can't even Oh, I have another scene that I like a lot from Reds of Our Dogs um i really like when tim roth's in his apartment and he (laughs) and he like looks in the mirror before he goes out (laughs) and he's like you're cool they're gonna believe you they're gonna believe you because you're why? because you're cool because you're really fucking cool (laughs) he like gives himself this pep talk i was like and i think the guys who are following when he comes out and gets in, like, I guess it's Mr. White's car or, or someone. And uh, and I love that the cops behind him are like, man, he must have, like, balls of steel to be doing this. Like, why the fuck is he doing this, like, crazy job? Like, this super crazy thing. And then they, like, go and follow after him. And, of course, there's, like, t- so many different, like, horribly racist conversations that somehow Quentin Tarantino is able to get away with. Yeah. And I guess it's too late now because yeah. I mean, I don't think he really yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it how it works, but it kind of that's just like a really horrible and like sense of realism with it too. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel like gratuitous. Like even in Django, I was like, yeah, this is kind of what it is, people. Well, like,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I sort of got the sense like those to be the kind, kind of things that people like that would like naturally say like um, yeah and, um and i mean grand a lot of it didn't really make a lot of sense <laughs> like,
0: yeah but you know, like i thinking. feel like that's re- realistic oh yeah yeah No, absolutely. i don't think he's writing it from like a place where like it doesn't sound realistic because i think if it didn't it would be like okay this is makes no sense like why would they be saying this or saying that but like i feel like that's probably what these guys would talk like oh yeah most yeah. likely you know yeah, like absolutely. like in most of the films too and you want to if you, and if you're portraying realism, which he definitely does, he definitely doesn't have a like fantastic like fantasy kind of action film. You know, it's not like John Wick. Yeah, John Wick is very you know somewhat realistic because he's this like crazy badass assassin. But like the amount of killing he does is not entirely realistic like in the sense that he does it but in this film it's like things are happening as a realistically would if a heist went bad yeah and like all these things happen like these are all things that would happen all they would all turn their guns on each other Mm -hmm. and end up shooting each other and like that's the only way (laughs) that this works for them you know um Um, but yeah it's just it's such a crazy yeah it's it's really cool too to see like that's really a good idea to have a heist have them all have code names no one knows each other (laughs) Um, bring them all in for different reasons, but then, of course, it's going to fuck up. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, I um, do also love that scene when, like, Mr. Orange and Mr. White are in the car, and they're, like, parked outside of the Mm -hmm. store, and, like, they're saying, okay, so when when it happens, you know, Mr. Brown will be here, and Mr. Blue will be here, Mm -hmm. they just kind of go through a dry run, and then I love how that scene ends with Harvey Keitel saying, I'm hungry. Let's grab a taco.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, I like that too. I was like, I'm hungry. Let's get a taco. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, so cool. I don't know what I'm going to name. Uh, I really have no idea what I'm going to name this, uh, um, this uh, episode. Cause I don't know many like short. I mean, I have, I have
1: some ideas. But... Um, I um, do like that quote from, mr blonde in, rec- in response to mr white saying that's your excuse for going on a m- murderous rampage and mr blonde re- replies i don't like alarms mr white <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> True, yeah if they hadn't have done that
0: like they would um, still
1: be alive or something like that and then i don't think i wrote down any any other quotes
0: <laughs> I wrote, why can't we pick our own colors <laughs> i kind of <laughs> like that and then i like this ain't a goddamn city council meeting yeah <laughs> and i also love i really like the like the last scene where it's like mr white and mr orange and he's like and he's like dying like mr white's like got dying and shot too and he's like slumped over but he goes over to mr orange and it's like they it had this like really weird bond too yeah like throughout and then when he like grabs him and he's like we're gonna die. Da, 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 da. We're gonna like we're gonna do some time, and then like the very last thing he's like, "I'm a cop." I was like, "God damn it! Why would like you do that?" Yeah, I was <laughs> like, "Why? Why would you tell him
1: now? This isn't gonna make a difference." I like, mean, and I mean, I would love to have m- m- Mr. White as a friend, and like he seems like such a good friend. And you're kind of admitting to, like, you know, betraying him, like, let him, like, screw him over. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, like,
0: and what's this going to do
1: now? Yeah. Like, you're gonna, you're both probably going to die. Well, so, like, what is this going to do? Well, was it Mr. Orange shot again during the Mexican standoff? I think so. Okay.
0: Was it, like, wasn't he shot again by, uh, by Joe,
1: right?
0: Joe, right? Because he had so. the gun on him. Some oh is it someone else had the gun on and then I think I think
1: Yes. Yes.
0: But then at the very end, uh Mr. White like pulls his gun near his head, and then that then the cops come in and you look like he's about to he's about to pull the trigger. You don't see him pull the trigger and shoot him in the head, but I think he does. Because then when the guys when the cops are like, put the gun down, put the gun down, drop the gun, um, Mr. White like falls back like after he shot Mr. Orange, then they shot him. Yeah. So I think he killed Mr. Orange first because okay. he said I'm a cop like twice. Yeah. Like he didn't even say it once. And then he was like, What? He was like, I'm a cop. And then he was like, I'm sorry. And I mean, he was like, I'm a cop. I think because he didn't believe him. He was like, What? Like, no, you're you're you have to be kidding. And he was like, I'm a cop.
1: Oh
0: I was like, I was like, Buzzkill. <laughs> I was like, uh the fucking cops were there, dude. Like maybe they had an ambulance right outside. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and you like would have been okay. Oh. Just would have,
1: they would have known. So um, after, so the opening scene after the, the credits, when, it, when when Mr. Orange is like, ah, I'm dying, man, I'm dying. <laughs> I was <laughs> screaming. Um, that like, let's, just just listening to that kind of stressed me out. But um, I know
0: you text me like, God, I feel like Tim Roth thinks I shot him. <laughs> he's fucking screaming at me just to know that he's being like such a bitch about it when he was shot by this old woman that he was trying to carjack is even funnier it's not like he was shot in like a firefight with like a bunch of like gangsters or cops he was shot by this like old woman because he was trying to carjagger her yeah <laughs> and she had the like her gun out and then as soon as he opened the door and she he was just gonna threaten her and then boom <laughs> she shoots
1: right i in mean the gun. i mean i don't know just not to take an anti-nra stance but chances are if she didn't have the gun she just let them have the car she'd probably be alive So
0: Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because then he shot her and I was like, He's a cop! (laughs) (laughs) Like even though he got shot, but I think immediately he just was like, Fuck you, like boom, and I was like, Oh shit. And they just like threw her out.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay, okay, (laughs) okay. Um, okay, so I had a weird thought and I wasn't sure if this was like like um off or not, but did um it kind of occurred to me that Mr. Orange might be kind of playing it up a bit for the drama just to try and get you know harvard cattell to drop him off at the hospital um what do you think i don't know because i mean i mean i imagine getting shot like a pretty traumatic thing so that might be just like a natural reaction um, but well, that's
0: true, because I didn't think, because back then, when he was saying, like, get me to the hospital, we didn't know that he was the stoolie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because
0: anybody who is a criminal or watched enough criminal movies or TV shows knows that when you're shot, you can't go to the hospital because they contact the police for any gunshot wound. Yeah. So if he really was a criminal, he wouldn't want to go to the hospital. Yeah. But the fact that he was like, you can just drop me off out front. Like, it doesn't matter. He could have done the drama thing to like in the car to get him to go to a hospital, but he was like, "No, you have to know though that if you're a criminal, they're not going to take you to the emergency room. Yeah, it's going to expose them. Yeah, you know." And then, and then of the course, like, and that, didn't he say like he said something? He he got also got under Mr. White too because he told him his name.
1: Oh right right. Did
0: like Mr. White eventually told Mr. Orange's name because they've been like bonding and like yeah you know he was like right next to him and didn't want him to die. And then that's, I think when they were like, what the fuck? Yeah. You don't tell anyone your fucking name. Like, did you tell him where you were from? And he's like, well, I might've told him like where I was from and like my first name or something. And they're like, what the fuck? Why the fuck didn't you let me give you guys names? Like, it was just so
1: funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Oh, and then there, there was one more quick shot, like just before they, um, just before they pick him up at, his apartment, when he, like, um dumps his changeable out and, like, grabs a w- wedding ring. and swirls. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So, like, do you think his, like, the role he's playing is, like, someone who's married? Or do you think that he was married and is now divorced and that still, like, means, the ring still means, means something to him? I don't know. I don't know,
0: but I feel like if you're working with a bunch of criminals, like, wouldn't they notice if you had a ring on yeah like a wedding ring on if you didn't before i don't think he had it on before but it, yeah it was weird that he like took it and shook it out of that change thing and like put it on
1: yeah um, maybe
0: he thought he was gonna die or maybe. something
1: well because um like did um like like i mean I, I i don't think you get any like sense of time but like did you, did you think that that meeting where they all meet for the first time occurs like really soon before the actual heist probably um, like i mean i imagine they probably want like a, at least a week or so just to kind of
0: and they knew when the diamonds were coming in because they were like they're coming from israel i think yeah so there's totally like a timeline that they had to do this in because they were going to get shipped somewhere else so they had to get them before they were like shipped out
1: yeah okay
0: most likely huh. but yeah i think it probably like a week or a few days okay because you don't want too much lead time in between your job and your planning, because then some, you know, the cops can find out. Yeah, I mean, and like if it's too soon, you know.
1: I imagine the a smart thing you could do is just to like get everyone under like one roof, like, all, all, all right, so you guys are gonna live here for for the next week, and you know, like, um, you know, um, you'll have like an hours notice before we leave to go. To go pull the yeah, job,
0: yeah, yeah, and make sure no one's following you. Yeah, like make sure you don't have any tails on you to see that you're going to this one central place where other people are showing up.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. then, like, they'll be if they're looking at you. Like, if if you have heat on you, then don't do this job. Yeah, like they could possibly be tailing you at some point. Yeah, but yeah. Then they said that too. I think one of their other jobs. I think it was um, Joe, where he was like, yeah, or maybe it was Mr. White. He was like, yeah, we had another job that went bad. We had like an undercover like in our i think he was talking to mr pink he was like yeah i did another job we had an undercover and we like did we we found out in time i think and then they like walked away so he'd been uh, in another situation where he was doing a job and like they found out there was an undercover and they like walked away from it
1: yeah that's crazy
0: crazy well i have nothing else yeah i don't know Nice. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Reservoir Dogs. Go check it out if you haven't seen it, if you like Tarantino. And thanks so much for the reviews on Apple. Uh, they're awesome. Uh, keep it up. Tell your friends, whatever. And I think we're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever. Spotify, uh, Google
1: Podcasts,
0: Google uh, <laughs> Stitcher, Overcast. I put it everywhere. So just go check it out. And um, yeah, we're going to do Cruel Intentions with Mikey soon. Yay. 13 is coming up um we will do what is the one we said we're gonna do son-in-law yes we're gonna do son-in-law next yeah we're gonna do son-in-law so yeah we got some cool stuff coming up yay yeah so uh yeah we'll see you guys on the next one bye bye